Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is Make It Plain. M.I.P. With Masamela Matsumal. Mark Thompson. Make It Plain. Get woke. Folks, we're on location for Make It Plain on this Moral Monday. You're hearing this today, but it actually happened yesterday. Yesterday, as the Biden administration signed the infrastructure bill there's still no build back better legislation and that is problematic as we all know Um, something has to be done about this bishop barber the reverend dr liz steel harris called us all back here to washington this moral monday to stand for build back better to stand once again for voting rights to stand against police violence to stand for reparations to stand for an end to the filibuster all of these things We're going to hear from Bishop Barber on today's show and also from a couple of other activists who traveled here from Maine. It's always important to talk to the everyday people affected by these things. Here are two young women we spoke to from Maine yesterday. What's your name, man? Marcella Mackinnon. I'm from Portland, Maine. Portland, Maine. What about you? I'm Mindy Bergeron-Lawrence, and I am from Winslow, Maine. And what brings you out here? Well, for me, it was a matter of showing up. Um, I was like profoundly impacted and terrified by what happened on January 6th, and I feel like um, it's time for us to stop thinking about what we should do and actually get up and get down here and um, show up physically for what matters to us. And what about you, man? What brings you out here? Well, I, I've worked at McDonald's for 19 years, and I watch my coworkers struggle to work and, and take care of their families and their, raise their kids. And a lot of the provisions in the Build Back Better plan will help folks um, 
breathe a little, a, you know, a little freer and um, alleviate some of the suffering I see all the time. Do you think yeah. Democrats should yeah. hold the line on Build Back Better? Absolutely. I guess you would agree too. They should pass that bill, right? Oh, they should absolutely pass the bill. We've just started. Um, you know, this bill that got passed isn't doesn't even begin to address the issues that are affecting uh, families and children on a day-to-day -day basis. It's in terms of housing and hunger and health care and making enough money at work to be able to, you know, cover basic needs. And you two are prepared to go to jail today too, right? If it comes to that, we're putting our bodies on the line. Is this the first time you've done that? No. no. Okay. So you pros at this. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I don't know that. if you could ever be a pro, you know, because there's a certain amount of mind space and spirit that it takes to, to have to interface with the, with the criminal justice, criminal injustice system. And so it's just, uh, you know, really important to have your heart and mind in the right place and be ready to, um, you know, be able to work with people in the end, because that's ultimately what we want, is to make things better for everyone. Nice to meet you both. Thanks. Thank you, too. you for being here. Thank you for talking to me. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Okay. We also heard from an old friend, Stuart Acuff, uh, retired from Navy Fell CIO, but um, one who was a regular on Make It Plain years ago. He spoke yesterday. And then after him, Cat Northrup from uh, Montana. These are the real issues that people are dealing with back home and what the issues that they continue to be they'll continue to be confronted with if there's no build back better. Hi, brother Mark. How are you, man? Good. Bless, brother. A long time. Thank you for your thank you for your go ahead, bro. Yes, sir. Love it. It's a place to be today. Uh, how, do, how do the people of West Virginia really feel about Joe Manchin? Well, people are angry, really angry. I mean, everybody who worked for him in 2018 is wondering what in the world got into him. I mean, now we know, we know it's about his pocketbook. That the fossil fuel companies that have made him a rich man uh, have told him how to work this thing. That's what he's doing. And, and what's happening is that our people in West Virginia are suffering in every indication of the quality of life our people are suffering. How he can live with himself supporting the worst corporations in the world against his own people, we just can't understand it. And that's why, Mark, as you know, I made the point, we're asking the question that Florence Reese first asked in 1933 in a coal miner's strike. Which side are you on, Joe Manchin? That's, that is the most important question right now for any political leader in America. Which side are you on? And how can you explain 40 years of flat and stagnant wages and growing poverty and the, uh, the, the virtual elimination of the American dream? We all have a right to dream the American dream. We all have a right to share in prosperity that we, the workers, create. Thank
Stewart. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you, man. Yeah. Stewart Acuff, y'all. More MIP after this message. My name is Stuart Acuff. I come from Jefferson County, West Virginia, with a simple question for Joe Manchin. It's a question that has rung through the mountains, the hills, and the hollers of Appalachia for now 90 years. A question written in a song in 1933 during a coal miner's strike in Appalachia. Joe Manchin, which side are you on? Joe Manchin, which side are you on? Joe Manchin, which side are you on? I'm here to bear witness that for 40 years, wages for average workers have been flat and stagnant. I'm here to bear witness to the fact that we've experimented for 40 years with trickle-down economics, and it doesn't work. Trickle-down is tinkle-down. Feed the mules so the sparrows can eat. And we're done with that. This people's infrastructure legislation is simply the first step towards turning our country around. We're here for unity, but not across the aisle, false unity. We're here for united people in America, workers and seniors and children, so that we all share in the prosperity of this country. We're here for home care workers who keep our folks out of institutions and nursing homes. Save money for our country. Home care workers ought to make a living wage. We're here. We're here to clean up the detritus that coal colonialists have left us all over Appalachia and to say, let coal miners clean up that mess that corporations left us. We're here for a single mother right now in my hometown who went to work this morning at Sheets or at 7-Eleven, worked a seven-hour day, got her a little supper, didn't see her kids after school, and then went to clean office buildings that night. She puts in a 10- or 12-hour day with no benefits, no no. Benefits no health care for her children. No, you and, go ahead. Keep on. And no health care for her children. No way to see a light of hope. Nothing but work and hardship and low wages. We are here to change that, to lift our folks up, and we are here that's right, that's right, that's right. to follow the admonition, the first admonition God gave us in Genesis and that is to be stewards of creation to save this planet to save the planet the climate and to save our people Joe Manchin which side are you on? Yes sir Yes sir Yes sir Cat I'm Cat And I'm here today because we are the people. 
This is our nation. That's right. It falls on our backs. Carried by our feet. And we deserve better. Our nation has failed our community. It has failed our homes, our sisters, brothers. It has failed our elders. And how dare they allow this to happen to those who came before us. That's How right. dare they allow this to happen to our children? Okay. I'm here because I work two jobs seven days a week. Wow, and I have wow. Three years, four years to support my family. And my stepdaughter can't even be on my insurance because I can't afford it. Jesus, Jesus. And I've had it. That ain't right. We as a community deserve better. And we as a community, as a nation, this is us. And they must listen because we are done standing for it. And they will not stand before us. Yeah. Say no more silence. No more silence. More MIP after this message. And of course, the keynote address for this week's More Monday by Bishop Barber. Now listen, you rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth is, has rotted and moths have taken your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Folk don't think stuff like this is in the Bible. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look. The wages you fail to pay the workers who mold your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. And you have lived on the earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered, the innocent people, and they were not even opposing you. Why are we having this day, the day, the same day that they're signing the if infrastructure bill, of which only 500 billion is due money, and of which, while it is something important that we even fought for, it does not fully deal with the issues, particularly in poor and low wealth communities. And why is it that we will not stop with just infrastructure for our bridges and technology and roads and leave undone, Liz, the bridges for our society and our personal lives, which are health care and education and wages, or the infrastructure of our democracy, which is voting rights. Now, we were told during the impeachment hearing that the Congress could do more than one thing at one time. Why all of a sudden can they only do one thing at one time? You notice that nobody's talking about voting rights. Nobody's talking about either one, the For the People's Act, or talking about the Voting Rights Advancement Act. No one's talking about reparations. No one's talking about uh, the infrastructure, except all the ways, I mean the infrastructure for our personal lives, except all the ways 
They can't do it. We have a crisis of democracy, civilization, and possibility. And the truth is, I think, and I think you think, the only thing that's going to save America is this moral revival. Because the question is, is America, even in the midst of a pandemic, going to continue to give and give and give to the billionaires? Or are we going to lift up the poor and low-wage Americans from the bottom? Are we going to ensure living wages for workers? Or are we going to ensure more wealthy for the greedy? Are we going to ensure education for our children? Or are we going to ensure billionaires, insure billionaires, or insulate billionaires from tax cuts? Are we going to provide paid sick leave and paid home, pay home health care workers properly? Or are we going to push policies that will create more money for fewer people and say to hell with the rest of the nation? Are politicians going to vote to uplift the whole society and vote to guarantee full access to the ballot? Or are we going to hide behind a coward filibuster that even Strom Thurmond wouldn't use and allow voter suppression to go unchecked? Are we going to fight for the soul of the nation and democracy? Or are we going to let the love of money that is the root of all evil rather than love for the people be our guiding principle? Are we going to pass infrastructure for roads, pipes, and bridges, and technology, while at the same time leave the infrastructure of our daily lives, healthcare, education, woefully underfunded? Because my brothers, those are the moral questions. That's what's at stake, Gerard. First, we ought to be talking about $10 trillion. Let's get that straight. That's the first problem. We ought, to be talk we ought not even be talking about just $1 trillion or $3 trillion. Then we went from what $10 trillion to $6 trillion, then from $6 trillion to $3 trillion, and then from $3 trillion to $1.5 trillion, and we negotiated with somebody that never said what they would vote for. Now, I'm from the country, but I got better sense than that. If I'm going to negotiate with you, you at least have to have a floor. One trillion dollars out of our annual, you know what the annual GDP gross domestic product is? $21 trillion. So one trillion dollars isn't but 5% of what is output every year. But we also spent $21 trillion for war and the militarization of our borders since 9-11. And this same Congress has already agreed to spend $7 trillion over the next 10 years for the war economy again. And we are finding resistance to just put $150 billion a year toward the people. This is what I mean by a crisis of democracy, of possibility, and democracy. And you think about when we're doing this. We're doing this in a time 
when millions of people have lost their jobs, did lose them during COVID, over 50 million people have gotten sick, and over 760 have died. Now, we already know going into COVID, there were 140 million poor and low-wealth people, quarter million dying a year. But after millions have lost their jobs, and 50 million have gotten sick, and 760,000 have died, and America still has a heart problem? After all of that, you still have more than 50% of the Senate that doesn't want to do anything. That is a crisis of democracy, a possibility of civilization. And so here we are. And the problem is, Liz, and you know it, all, most of the politicians, and they ain't all Republicans either. And they ain't all white either. And I've heard some strange things out of some black mouths lately. Even with 60% of black people living in poverty. The problem is, too many of them are trying to please the billionaires. That's the first question when they go in the room. How do we please the billionaires? and make sure that they get some more. And that's, when they, that's what they mean by cost. They're not talking about how much does it cost you or me or how much does it cost not to do this, you got it. They're no, hold on. You're talking, they're talking about how much does it cost the greedy to have to get, just, treat, just be treated fair. Well, let me tell you something about cost. The Economic Policy Institute said that if America does not address what's happening with a visionary and social economic policy, the health and well-being of the nation is at stake. Shelley, is Shelley here? Am I right, Shelley? Now that's not my, that's economists talking like that. They said if something doesn't happen, they said what we need is long-term economic policy that's rooted in justice, justice and not begrudging benevolence. Justice. 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 Now the, here's the real cost. Me, me, billionaires made $2.1 trillion the first 19 months of COVID. That's 60% of what the 3.5 million Build Back Better would have cost. And if the Congress and the President don't, can't even get this step done, this is just a step, then how in the world can we really take the journey that needs to be taken to really have justice in America? You want to talk about cost? Here's some costs. Child poverty cost us a trillion dollars a year. Somebody shout, that's some cost for you. Unstable housing among families with children cost the United States $111 billion in avoidable health and special education costs over the next 10 years. Somebody shout, that's some cost for you. Public assistance programs spend $153 billion a year as a direct result of low wages. 
In other words, if we didn't have low wages, then they wouldn't have to subsidize community. Mass incarceration cost $179 billion a year. The gap between wages based on gender and race cost workers $2.6 trillion a year in lost earnings. Our immigration system cost $123 billion in lost contributions. Our current health care system costs individuals $1.69 trillion on private insurance and out-of-pocket expenses. This is what we should ought to be talking about in America. Inaction on climate change will eventually cost us $3 trillion every year. Our government lost $1.3 trillion by lowering the corporate tax rate from 35% to 21% in 2017. Raising the living wage from $7.25 to $15 an hour would put $328 billion into the hands of families and households. So not raising to a $15 cost us $328 billion a year. $1 billion in food stamps creates $1.70 billion in economic growth. Every $1 invested in early childhood education leads to $7.30 in saving. Universal health care would save our economy $278 billion. Investing one million in clean energy, education, and health care would create more jobs. More jobs. These are the costs. If we don't expand the child tax credit, 35 million households will be hurt. That's some cost for you. If we don't expand the earned income tax credit, 17 million low-wage workers without children will be hurt. That's if we don't provide universal PK three and four-year-olds, six million children and their families will be hurt. If we don't close the Medicaid coverage gap, four million uninsured people will be left out. If we don't raise the wages for home health care workers, 28% of those workers that are black and 23% are Latino will not benefit. And my friend, when you break these numbers down by race and by gender and by geography, they get even worse. The cost is too high. The problem is we're not talking about these costs. The only cost they're talking about is how much will it cost the billionaire. And James has one admonition to a country that would rather lean in to the greedy and not care for those who are the poor. And James, the brother of Jesus, 
He thought Jesus was crazy when Jesus was alive. And then Jesus died. He said, wait a minute, my brother made sense. My brother made sense when he said, said that you ought to care for the least of these. And so James was mad because he didn't get it when his brother was alive. He only got it when he was dead, but when he got it, he got it. And when he got it, he said to the nation, when a nation is greedy, when the love of money is more important than the love of people, he said there's only one word that nation needs to hear. Whoa! W-O-E. It means stop. It means you're headed to a cursing. You're headed toward destruction. You're on your way down. And it might not seem like it because you're riding high right now. But whoa! Whoa! That's why we got to keep doing these rallies. I don't know if they're going to listen. They will eventually. But for right now, it's our responsibility to say whoa. It's our responsibility not to be quiet. It's one thing when somebody kicks you and you don't say anything. It's another thing when they kick you and you say, whoa! We have to warn this nation. And we got to warn Brother Manchin. You know how crazy it is to believe there's a God? And you get up in a state that's 49th in the nation in the medium income, and you get up in a nation, a state that's 50th last, dead last in life expectancy, and then you use your power to block health care, and then you want to claim that you're a person of faith. That's some cost for you. Whoa, Senator. Whoa. 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 It gives me no joy to say this, but whoa. Say it. Huh? God said. Give me no joy to warn you, but whoa. whoa. America, you better get this straight. Your economic systems will never function right. Till you do right by the poor and the least of these. Whoa. I never feel like Miss Seeley. Y'all know Miss Seeley, though. Huh? What she say? Till you do right. Till you do right. Till you do right. Till you do right. By me, by us. Till you do right. Till you do right. By the poor and low wealth of this country. America, till you do right. Your nation will be always unsteady. That's some cost for you. Oh, you'll only be able to go so far and then it'll fall right back down. Till you do right. So we are here as a poor people's campaign first and foremost because you can't have no revival where somebody doesn't call people to repentance. Revival never begins with praise music. Revival never begins with celebration. Revival never begins with everybody being happy. Revival begins with a call to repentance. And every time we are here, every time we do small civil disobedience, and today it's the people, you all have been hurt and continue to be hurt because we're all hurt. But we keep calling this nation to repentance because woe 
unto you. And James said it, and I'm going, James said, let me have that case. James said, when you do this kind of stuff, it's proof that there's a cancer. Uh -huh. That there's literally a cancer in your society. Take your time. And I know, I know, I know six of them know different forms of cancer. There's cancer that keeps America from doing right. So systemic racism is a cancer. Systemic poverty created by all these is a cancer. Denial of health care is a cancer. Ecological devastation is a cancer. Underfunding, defunding your children's education, that's a cancer. Uh, the war economy, where you're more interested in war than people living, that's a cancer. And this false moral narrative of religious nationalism is a cancer in the body politics. Somebody better either cut it out, treat it, or build a whole new body, a whole new society. Woe unto them. But somebody first has to say, whoa, whoa. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.